So we're just going to just have a little look at uh, just some verses from, from the Bible. Um, we, if, you want, if you want to turn to it, you can turn to Mark chapter 10, and it's verses 13 to 16. We're just going to just pray first of all, and then we'll, let, we'll have a little look at these few verses. Father, we thank you that... We thank you for the, the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, for, for, for Heidi. For Lord, we, Lord, thank you for, for Paul and Bex. Lord, we thank you, Lord, just for all the, the kids this morning. And Father, we bless them as they, as they leave for some to go to uh, just to learn um, in, in the other part of this building. But Father, we, we pray blessing over them, Lord, over their teachers as well. But Lord, as we come now, as we just settle our hearts to listen to what the Bible has to say to us, help us to apply it to our hearts. Help us to be responsive by your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 16, it says this. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Now I'm sure you'll agree with me, Heidi is extremely cute, is she not? I know Paul's biased, I know grandparents probably even more biased, but actually she is Extremely, extremely cute. But actually, most children have this way of just melting our hearts. And it's, it's the reason, I guess, why relief agencies, when they want to raise money for disaster areas, very often put a child on the TV screen or, or in the press release. But there's something about a child that just causes us to stop and to pay attention. So in Mark chapter 10 we read of Jesus using a child to emphasize, to illustrate the importance of faith in entering into the kingdom of heaven. But the way that Jesus approaches this, in fact, the words that he uses would have shocked those that were listening, perhaps not in the way that we may have imagined. We see, the Jewish society in Jesus' day had little time for children. Certainly, they saw children as a gift from God. So Psalm 127, verse 3 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. So they were certainly seen as a great blessing, but then they were very much kept in the background. They were put out of the way until they became a man. Birth was this great blessing, and then the next 13 years of their life had to be endured. It was just simply a period of preparation until they reached 13 years old. Because then suddenly, they became an important man within society. Now, the reason I say man is because girls never became important in Jewish society. They simply became women in the background who produced children and cared for the men. However... Once a year, on the Day of Atonement, all the children could come. They could be brought to the elders, to the rabbis, for a blessing. But on this occasion, well, the disciples didn't feel it was right for Jesus to be bothered. 
It wasn't that the disciples were being hard. They were just culturally conditioned to shooing children out of the way. After all, Jesus had much more important people to deal with. He had grown up to talk to. Children would simply have to wait until they were old enough, until they were adults. The truth is, if we had lived in that culture, in that society, we would have done exactly the same thing. But this story tells us something very important about Jesus, about his attitude. Notice his response. We see the heart of Jesus in it. See, the rebuke of disciples that he gave to the children in order to chase them away led to a violent, to an immediate reaction from Jesus. Mark says he was indignant. He demonstrates his great love towards these children by an immediate, by an angry response to his disciples. Let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them. Don't be stopping them. For such belongs the kingdom of God. In fact, the force and the speed of his reaction reveals the heart of love he has for everyone, including these children. In defiance of the disciples, contrary to the culture in which he lived, Jesus reveals his heart. He loves these unimportant little people that nobody else had time for. But this is no one-off event. Just before Mark chapter 9 verse 36, he took a child in his arms to teach about humility. It's also seen in the way in which he cares for the sick, the demon possessed, the outcast of society. I'm not sure that we fully understand the love that Jesus Shows for these children, for the outcasts in which he spent his time with. See, we're, we're culturally removed from that situation. And sometimes difficult for us to understand, for us to see it fully. So let me try to show you something of the heart of Jesus. Let me give you an example from, some, from one of Jesus' followers. It's a guy called John Hogg. He was a missionary to Africa. He tells how he was beaten, how he was urinated upon, how he was spat upon when he went to the villages to preach. But why did he go there? Well, he wanted to tell people that he loved them with the love of Jesus and he just kept going back. Even though every time he went there, he was beaten, he was spat upon until finally they were broken down by his love and the love of his saviour. So why did John Hogg and many others show such love? Because love compelled them. Because Jesus first loved them. They understood the love of their saviour. And that love that is seen in their hearts and in the lives of people like John Hogg is actually only a drop in the ocean compared to the love of Jesus. You see, Jesus' love took him to the cross. For little sinful children. For self-important men and women who hated Jesus. In fact, for every single one of us. And his love held him there on that cross. Enduring not just physical pain, but also the wrath and the hell of God as he died in our place. Such love, pure as the white snow. Such love weeps for the shame I know. Such love paying the debt I owe. Oh Jesus, such love. The second thing we, we learn from this little 
few verses is we see the teaching of Jesus. And Jesus said, let them come. It's pretty clear. Let them come to me. They must be, in fact, they can be part of the kingdom of God. In other words, children can be saved. Some people doubt whether a child of four or five can actually come to, to know Jesus to be saved. Well, actually they can. Now, again, this goes against and contradicts everything that Jewish teaching would have said. A boy had to be 13 years old be, before he could be accepted into the, the synagogue fully. Jesus says that is not the way it is in the kingdom and in the family of God. All children, adults, young people are accepted by God in the same way. It is by faith in Jesus alone. And it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter about your background or your culture. It doesn't matter about your standing within society. Everybody from the youngest child to the oldest person who understands that they are a sinner, that they need Jesus as Savior, all they need to do is repent of their sins, turn to Jesus for salvation, and they will be saved. They will be in the kingdom of God. So if you're a parent here this morning, I want to encourage you to teach your children at home, even as babies, teach them the gospel. You know, it's important that we discipline our children, but I would encourage you to point out, yes, right from wrong, but it's not about telling them to do better or to try harder, but teach them from the word of God. Point out to them the reason why they do wrong. It's because they are sinners, because they need Jesus as Savior. I want to encourage you to demonstrate God's grace by what you say and by what you do. My daughter, Rosanna, she became a Christian as a young child. And I would pray the same thing over Heidi, over all our, our young people today, that they would come to know Jesus at a very young age. But actually, I didn't, once Rosie became a Christian, I didn't stop praying. I kept on praying for her. I still keep on praying for her. I continue to pray that God would keep Rosanna, even though I believe he will. I pray that she would stay close to him, that she would grow closer to him with every single day. Just as I would pray, and I would encourage you as parents to pray for your children as well. And we can do this with confidence because Jesus says, to such belong the kingdom of God. This means that children are important, not just in the, in the kingdom, but also in the church. Children and young people, this is your church. You're not the church of tomorrow, you are the church of today. And I want you to see and to be able to take your place as a child, as a young person, saved, filled with the Spirit, baptized and serving. Coming along and joining with us as we pray together, as we seek God together, get involved in outreach and evangelism as we want to reach out to our friends and our family. We are part of the kingdom together. After all, the picture that, that God's of God's kingdom that's so often painted in scripture is that of the church as a family. Together we are the family of God. The third thing that we see about Jesus is the salvation that Jesus offers. Jesus' teaching goes further than just saying that children are part of the kingdom of God. 
He takes the children and he uses them as an illustration of what it is to be saved and actually to belong to God's kingdom. In fact, he tells the proud disciples who think that they have the religious authority that not only have they misunderstood the love and the teaching of Jesus Christ, but also they have got so much to learn from the children that they're trying to turn away about how to approach God for salvation. Mark chapter 10, 15 says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So salvation is not about your standing in society. It's not about your worthiness. It's not about your age. It's not about your ability to oppress God. Salvation is childlike faith. Now you know when a child is born... She begins life by simply trusting. A child is helpless and she knows that. Heidi knows that. But it doesn't leave her fearful or uncertain about life. She looks to her parents. She expects to receive help from her parents. She asks expectantly because she knows that she cannot do anything for herself. She says, feed me, clean me. Change my nappy, lift me, comfort me, but she begins by simply trusting. As adults, many of us have got hurt down through the years. Some of us have had our fingers burnt because we have trusted people and they've just simply let us down. And we, we find it very difficult. This idea of simple faith can be tough. And we look to God not as the unchanging, loving Father who loves to give, but instead we label him along with everybody else. And we question, can we really trust him? But salvation begins when we turn to him in faith. Realising that we cannot do anything ourselves. And we cry to him for cleansing, for forgiveness, for spiritual food, for care, for comfort. Faith is knowing that he will not let you down. Do you know that? Faith is knowing that he, that God, will not let you down. You see, we all began life with a sense of wonder. Rabbi Zachariah used an illustration. He says, he says, if you were to speak to three children of different ages and tell them the same story, they would all react very differently to it. So the story goes something like this. Johnny opens the bedroom door. As he walks through it, it creaks. He creeps down the stairs and hears a roar. The door at the bottom of the stairs opens to reveal a dragon. At that point, the ten-year-old opens his eyes wide. For the eight-year-old, the roar is all that is needed. But for the five-year-old, simply the creak of the door is enough to make them open their eyes in amazement. See, the reality is our sense of awe and wonder is diminished as we move from childhood into adulthood. Children enjoy much and can explain little. We attempt to explain everything and then lose something of the wonder. And there is a wonder and a joy and a delight in God that children have in simple faith that often adults just try to explain away. And someone who is not a Christian wants everything explained. They look on Christianity as dull and lifeless and they miss the awe and the wonder of salvation and the greatness of God. Believers, 
we would do well to fight to retain this awe and wonder, for that is worship. And we worship the one we enjoy. And I think sometimes we can replace the joy of the Lord with just the mechanisms of worship. Now, don't get me wrong, teaching and the study of God's word is essential. There is much that we can explain and understand about Jesus, about the doctrine of God, about salvation, about atonement. But the study of scripture should lead to joy, to awe, to delight. We need to seek it, to fight for it. Jesus says, to come to him like a child. With simple faith and a sense of awe of the wonderful salvation that Jesus offers and the grace by which we receive it. I remember the first time I took my daughter to, to fly a kite in our back garden. She was three, maybe four years old at the time. I assured her that I knew what I was doing, that that kite would definitely go up into the air as planned, that there was nothing to worry about. Inside, I was just praying and hoping it would go up. And as she began to unravel the string and watched, sure enough, the kite caught in the wind and went up into the air. And at four years old, listen, she knew that kite was going to fly. Why? Because her daddy had told her it would. That is faith. It's a simple statement. But it has powerful implications for our lives. And this morning God says to you. You can know me. You can receive spiritual life. I sent my son Jesus to make that way possible. He lived a perfect life. He died in your place. He rose again proving he is both God and man. He is Lord over everything. And you simply come believing God's word and trusting Jesus as saviour. It is childlike faith. Admit you're helpless, a sinner, that you cannot do anything instead Turn to Jesus to do what you cannot do by faith, believing that he can do the work of his salvation within you, that he cares for you, that he keeps you. Come with confidence and with awe. Come with empty hands to receive from him. Just believe and be saved. And just as Jesus welcomed the little children in his day, He welcomes you today into his arms, into his family, into his kingdom. And he gives you the greatest blessings of all. He gives you salvation. He gives you his spirit. He gives you eternal life in Jesus Christ. Come to him. Receive from him today. Maybe many of you are Christians here this morning. But perhaps if you're not, I want to encourage you. Just to receive Jesus. To invite him to come into your heart, into your life. Listen, he is the one who will change your heart. It's by grace. It's a a gift that he has given. Just receive him. Put your trust in him. If you want to come and talk to me about this afterwards, I'd love to. Or come and chat with Paul. 
um, about it, but uh, we'd love to spend time and pray with you if that's appropriate. We're just going to finish with a with a one last song. Thank you, Sefa. We'll just praise God together again. Just as we, as we band come first, going to pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of the message of the gospel that we simply come by faith to you. Thank you, Jesus, you have did, done everything for us. You died, you rose again. You've paid our price. The debt has been cleared. Our sin has been wiped out by faith in you, Lord Jesus. So, Father, I pray over my friends this morning that you, by your spirit, would rest on our hearts. Father, just, just even, Lord, as we've been chatting this through, Lord, for those who have been a Christian for some time, Father, just reaffirm our commitment to you today. For those who do not know you yet, Father, I pray, call them, that they would know you, that give their life to you. We pray all of this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.